The other big sporting event taking place is in Budapest in Hungary. It is the World Track and Field Championships and New Zealand has a strong contingent of athletes across an eclectic mix of track and field events. Hayden Shearman, the voice of athletics in this country, joins us on the programme to preview this new, well, to preview, well, day one has got underway, but to preview the World Athletic Championships and to talk about this New Zealand athletics team, 24 athletes named. Hayden, good afternoon, welcome. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark. It's good to uh, good to be on the show with you this afternoon and talk some athletics. We're in we're in the heat of it, so this is uh, really the big one uh, over the next ten days. Kicked off last night and um, really got off to a, an electric start already. So be excited to break down break down this team. Okay, well, the big news, I guess, it's come through, and maybe disappointing news because we're just so used to Tom Walsh winning medals at major events, but finishes fourth in the men's shot put. Yeah, heartbreak for for uh, for big Tom. Um, he was looking good too, came out of the, the blocks pretty pretty good in those first few rounds, and Jacko Gill was actually up in second, just nipped ahead of, of Tom uh, for, I think it was, that was in round two or round three, uh, but then... The Brazilian, um, uh, sorry, the Italian Fabri had a uh, really impressive throw of 22-34, so that got him up into second. Joe Kovacs, he's just, he seems to win a medal at these events. He can book a a slot for him. Uh, He got the bronze, and then Ryan Krauser just looked, you know, he's in, proved that he's in another league. He had some health issues, but he's still through a championship record of 23-51. So the the Kiwi boys, we're just off the pace, but, you know, right there in the mix. Um, so Tom was seven centimetres off that bronze medal, and then it was only another, well, what is it, about another 29 centimetres back to uh, Jacko in, uh, in sixth place. So so good result uh, for, for Jacko, but definitely Tom will be ruining those seven centimetres that, that got left to Kovacs. You'd, Hayden, try and just break it down a little bit in shot put. I think sometimes in athletics, it's a lot easier to break down why maybe an athlete doesn't perform or hit their times. But in shot put, it's speed. It's There's a technical component to it. I've spoken to Tom previously. He says, yes, there are, you know, they periodise. They are looking to try and peak, but he's well below his season's best of 22.58. So what didn't quite go right for him mechanically? Uh, why was he below his best, perhaps? Yeah, I haven't had any interviews with him since since the result this morning. Um, so no doubt they'll come out in time today. Um, but, you, you know, these field events especially, you need everything to click. And, and when you're talking about the, the rotational method going across the shot put circle, there's multiple phases. And if one of those phases just doesn't quite link together, uh, then you know, you won't get that purchase on the shot. So you saw with Ryan Krauser when he took the win, his hands were, were in the air with his final throw before it had even hit the ground. He knew immediately how far that thing was going. Um, and that's the, usually the feel that these throwers will have. They'll know as soon as it leaves the hand, whether it's a good throw or not. Um, and often it comes down to just things clicking on the day. Um, it, it, was a, it was a solid outing for for Tom, uh, don't get me wrong, with a 22.05, but like you say, that's more than half a metre off his best, which is 22.90, um, and yeah, quite, quite a few centimetres off his season best this this year. 
Um, encouraging signs for, for Jacko as well, but yeah, both of them will be, be feeling like they probably put out a B plus when, when on that stage you really need mm. to be hitting an A or an A plus. Yeah, I always say it about track and field too, you know, sometimes athletes or kayakers, they get one chance at a world championships once every two years, sometimes once a year, where, you know, golfers, well, they get four opportunities a year. Tennis players often get every week uh, to right the wrongs, and that's what makes the sport so incredibly tough, trying to get it right on one given day once every two years. Um, and I think sometimes that is lost on people. We should just say Jack O'Gill finishing sixth in that, which, you know, 20 years ago we would have taken and we would have probably had a ticker tape parade for him. Uh, look, um, <laughs> let's uh, just look at some of the athletes, other athletes that were in action overnight. Sam Tanner, he progressed safely to Monday's semifinals with 1,500 metres, came home fourth. Pretty slow heat, but yeah, that's that all it. you have to do in the 1,500 metres. Absolutely. There was a tactical one. It was a bit of a hairy one to watch, sort of almost reminiscent of Nick Willis' tactics, just being patient, sitting back in the pack, and he had a lot of traffic to get through. Uh, so the the big rule change with the middle distance events is that there's no... Uh, all, all of the qualifiers are auto-qualifiers, so there's no, based on time, the little queue, as, as we say, uh, so you had to make that that top six, and he he got himself into fourth pretty pretty comfy, but he was following Timothy Chariot, Chariot who's the 2019 champion, um, who you'd think would be a good man to follow and just follow him to the finish line, but Chariot really slowed up in that last hundred metres. Um, which put a bit of pressure on the guys behind him. So, uh, yeah, Sam Tanner had to take the inside line and luckily enough he's small enough to squeeze through and booked himself in the semis and he'll be looking to make that final and, and um, certainly be a contender. Uh, in the final in a few days' time. Yeah, I always say this. I think the major meets, arguably the hardest event at the Olympics or World Track and Field Champs, are often the semi-finals of the eight and fifteen hundred more so than the heats because they are just so tactical as well. But also, what makes the World Champs interesting versus, say, Golden League or Diamond League meets is that you do eh, you've got heats, you've got semi-finals, and you've got finals. So you're racing three pretty tough races in the space of three or four days unlike these one-off meets where it's just a straight final, then you get a week off or a couple of weeks off to sort of recover. So I'd imagine that base work and that ability to recover becomes even more important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a quick turnaround for the, the semi-final, uh, which I believe is on tomorrow. I'll need to double-check the the program. Oh, yeah, there we go. So it's 3.35 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, so that's a quick turnaround for the 1500 metre boys and then they've got a few days to to the final but like you say that, that winter base work uh, really comes into it now uh, whether you've got that endurance and the ability to recover uh, between the rounds but which is a good thing for Sam uh, he had a slow the slowest heat of all, all the four heats and that means that you've got to do a lightning fast 400 but you, you do save the legs over the first stages of the race. Hayden Sherman, my guest on the programme. We are talking athletics, day one of the World Track and Field Championships and just talking a little bit about the New Zealand track and field team taking part at these World Championships. Not such good news for Kiwi sprinter Tian Walpton. He bowed out of the men's 100 metres, disappointing fashion by his own high standards, running 10.26, well off his PB of 10.14. Yeah, yeah, it it, it seems like a funny race for Tian. He had a great... Start, uh, got away uh, through that sort of acceleration phase, and then just was just lacking a bit of that that top end, sort of around the middle stages of the race. Uh, so finished sixth in his heat, 
uh, 10.26. Uh, the, the slowest little Q uh, non-automatic qualifier was 10.17. So, uh, yeah, he'll be disappointed, but first time on the on the big stage at the World Champs uh, for Tian, so he'll definitely take that experience with him. He was out running in lane nine as well, which always makes it a bit tricky with no one to kind of key off uh, on your right side. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be stronger for the experience. Geordie Beamish progressed to the final of the 3,000 metres steeplechase, a relatively new event for him, but, boy, I tell you what, he's taken every opportunity presented. Yeah, we we really need to watch this space with Geordie. I think he's a, a real talent, and I love the move to the, the steeples. He was, uh, you know, a 5,000 metre middle distance runner, but he he's really seen an opportunity here to contend. You know, in the 3,000 steeples, you've got the two guys, Germa and Albacali, who are the, the easily the favourites for, for the, the title and the silver, but really that bronze is, is up for grabs. And so watch this space with, with Geordie Beamish. He looked really good in the heats, uh, held his own um, in a reasonably tactical race and ended up coming pretty close to the national record and just jogging it in. So uh, he will definitely be one to watch uh, in the as the championship progresses. Okay, just running through some of the other names in this New Zealand team, of course Zoe Hobbs still got the 100 metres, she's got to compete. I think probably the story for me is Eliza McCartney now jumping back at sort of 4 metres 80, if she can sort of hit 482, very much could end up winning a medal. We've got Olivia McTaggart there as well, and we've got Maddie Weshey of course in the women's shot put. Yeah, it's it's a really, uh, I, I love the makeup of our, of our team. So we've got 19 athletes over there. Uh, who met the the final uh, qualifying standards, um, and you know good representation across the sprints, throws, jumps, um, and a bit of distance there as well. Uh, so, you know Zoe Hobbs has been the queen of athletics this probably the last eighteen months, and has really raised the pro- profile of women's sprinting and bringing her team along with her with, with the other James Mortimer coached. Athletes like Georgia Hulls and Rosie Elliott and Portia Bing all lining up in, the, in, the, in their various sprint uh, events as well. So Zoe's leading that, that pack of girls. And, you know, women's sprinting is just at a really having a golden era at the moment. So, you know, is she a medal hope? I, I, uh, I would, w- wouldn't put any money, money on it, but I would say that top eight, if she could make the final, would be a, a really impressive uh, result. Um, certainly, uh, would you'd like to think she'd make the semi-finals? Um, but yeah, all eyes on on Zoe. And then, as you say, Eliza McCartney finally coming back from her injuries and looking in really good form, hitting a, a four-eight-five on the on the pole vault just a couple of weeks ago, which is only nine centimeters off her best, and that gets her ranked up in the top three in the world. So. She's going to be a contender in in the medals. And Madison, where she she's, we've got no idea what sort of fitness she's in. She isn't one of those competitors that does a whole lot of competition through through the year. She'll often just turn up to these majors pretty fresh. That's the way she likes to roll. Um, and she got seventh last year with a with a big PB of 19.50. So she uh, could well push on from there and head up into those those 19. So she'll be a contender as well. Uh, for those women's medals. Uh, Hamish Kerr in the high jump. Now he's won some Diamond League meets, Commonwealth Games champion. Um, 
but you know, 224, 228, I, that's not going to cut it at these world championships. I'd imagine that this is still going to be win somewhere around 238, 236 minimum. Um, how much confidence should we have in him? Is, is he jumping well enough to potentially medal here? We know that he's a championship jumper. He's won a bronze medal at the World Indoors, Commonwealth Games gold medal, as mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big unknown. I think Bashim uh, from Qatar, he, he's still the, the favourite, but the, the high jump is one of those events, that, much like the pole vault, really, where there's, there's so many factors on, on the night, whether it's the weather, whether it's just how you're feeling, just getting that run up uh, right, that can uh, really just throw a spanner in the works. So much like the steeplechase for uh, for Geordie Beamish, there, you know, there's a lot of guys uh, who would be hunting for, for those medals, probably about 10 of them. Um, and, you know, a lot of those guys won't make the, the top 12 either, so make it out of that those first rounds. So uh, if it's raining, uh, Hamish has proved this year that he is the man to beat when, it, when it, the weather's not good. He won the Diamond League up in Oslo, I think it was, when it was uh, raining and, and pretty chilly. So the weather could be a factor for, for Hamish. Uh, but if he can get close to his national record of 234 or beat it, you've got to think he's within within Kui of, of nabbing one of those medals. And look, who knows? It's high jump. You know, anything can happen. So uh, be sure to tune into that one because there, there will definitely be some drama uh, in the high jump. Hayden, before we let you go, We've got a representative in the men's 800 metres in James Preston. A lot of people won't be familiar with the name. Give us a little bit of a background on James, uh, where he's come from, the progression, the path he's taken. Yeah, so James Preston, he's joining Brad Mathis, who's also booked uh, his place in in the 800. So two black singlets running in the 800, which is really, really cool to see. Uh, But James Preston sort of been quietly going about his work in, in Wellington, uh, had a really good junior career. I believe he's the uh, New Zealand junior 800-metre uh, record holder um, and we've sort of been waiting on him to, to arrive on the, uh, on the sort of international stage, along with Brad Mathis, really. Uh, so they're both uh, sub-146 runners, um, which is still a tick over a second off Peter Snell's amazing record from the 60s. Um, but, yeah, James is... is Run really well last year. This year he's just uh, he's been a bit, just missing a beat in his social media. He's sort of been saying, not sure what's going on. Just uh, yeah, not not quite firing on all cylinders. So he's sort of half a second off where he was uh, this time last year. But the 800, much like uh, the the vertical jumps, it's one of those tactical races where anything can happen and. Uh, if either James or Brad could could pull out a PB or get close to Snell's record, uh, we could definitely see them advance through the round. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see how those boys get on. Hayden, as always, privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Thank you. Thank you. Hayden Shearmer then talking all athletics now. I should correct it. It's a 19-strong team, initially 24, but it's 19-strong team. I'll just run through those athletes that are taking part. Zoe Hobbs in the 100, Georgia Hulls on the 200. Nice to see some athletes in those sort of, not middle distance, but longer track events or longer sprint events. Rosie Elliott in the 400 metres. We've got Portia Bing in the 400-metre hurdles. Eliza McCartney, Olivia McTaggart and Imogen Iris in the women's pole vault. Maddie Weshey in the shot uh, shot put, Lauren Bruce in the hammer, 
Tory Peters in the javelin, Tian Welpton out of the 100 but competed, James Preston, Brad Mathis in the 800, Sam Tanner in the 1500 metres, Geordie Beamish in the 3000 steeplechase, high jump representation from Hamish Kerr, Jack O'Gill, Tom Walsh in the shot put and Connor Bell representing New Zealand in the discus. It's great to see, isn't it, that we're no longer just a middle distance nation, that we are now well and truly across the field events and really good to see the emergence of our women's athletes almost surpassing what our men are doing. So it runs for 10 days. I'd imagine that there will be plenty of coverage across SEN over the next seven or eight days on the World Track and Field Championships.